Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. We connect you to authors, to authors to one another on the show and also help readers to find new authors to love. Now, you probably already have your favorite type of book, either fiction or nonfiction, but you never know. We may just introduce you to your new favorite genre to love and you can meet new authors that you didn't know before. So on the show, we will introduce you to seasoned as well as new and aspiring authors. Some of our seasoned authors will share the tips and tricks of how to get published right the first time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back again. So if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Projecti Limbanda. I'm a global Google ambassador and a live streaming advocate who loves to help brands, entrepreneurs, and authors tell their stories and have a great online experience. My amazing co-host is Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an award-winning author of the children's Poolicious book series. She's also working on some other books, as well as a movie screenplay. She's a mom of three beautiful inspirations. Mary's also a special needs and disabilities advocate, and she lives in Nashville in the USA. And I am all the way in Cape Town, South Africa, so two different ends of the world. If you're watching us, please tell us where in the world you are joining us from. Welcome to the show, Mary. How are you? How are you today? Great, great. Lovely to have you again. Mm, thank you. It's lovely to be here. And, you know, I was just sitting here thinking it'd be really funny if uh, there was a show that you and I could um, switch our accents. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Imagine that. A new show idea. Yay. I know. Let's try it. <laughs> we should. It would be, be absolutely hilarious. I know. That would be so, very funny. Shall we introduce our author for today. Yeah, and I'm really excited about him because um, I have his book and um, my little guy who's six and I have uh, read the book over and over again. Now, the interesting thing about his book is that I may be wrong on the number, but I think it's 108 pages. So it's not your um, your average uh, number of pages for a children's book, but that's what makes it so cool because it's so awesome. And it, it keeps the story continues. It's got there's there's a lot of morals in the story and a lot of teachings, but there's a lot of memorization. So what my guy has done, I mean, he sits and reads it by himself, which I think is awesome because that's what you want. Right. And then he will come and tell me about all the characters and he has them. You'll see in the book, they're all lined up in the story because they all keep coming into the picture and the story. It's really awesome. And so Carson has them all memorized. I mean, he knows who comes next. So it's really fun. So, I mean, the book is amazing and it's, I'm so excited about it because it, it has got his attention and he's learning something and he loves the characters and they're making an, an impact and an impression on him. And that, that's where I think, um, 
then you know you have a really good children's book when that kind of thing happens, you know? Oh, absolutely. If it can hold their attention, you A for away. So Joe was raised in Detroit. As an artist at heart, he is a graduate of the Western Michigan University with a Bachelor's Arts in English Creative Writing and also a minor in philosophy. He is a former musician who legally became disabled in 2015 due to health problems. He says he enjoys spending time with his dogs, as should all writing people, all right thinking people, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right, yes. people, not W-R-I-T-E people, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> And so The Snitch, The Witch, and The One Who Was Rich is more than a children's storybook or children's literature, he tells us. So mm -hmm. it goes beyond just what the kids enjoy. It has a deep philosophical theme for adults as well. Mm -hmm. And he says it's a mixture of a Mother Goose nursery rhyme, Dr. Zeus, and Harry Potter, an interesting combination. I would agree. And, I would agree um, with him. I would agree with that. So he says that it's a book for all ages, it's a conversation piece, and is great as a coffee table book. Well then, shall we invite him onto the show? What say yeah, you? Absolutely, because we've not had a book like this on our show. Uh, we've had other children's books, but I don't know. I think this kind of this book goes to a different level. You know, it's really I, I love it. I'm a big fan. So Fantastic. And I want to say a huge big welcome to our audience on LinkedIn. I see Dr. Eileen has joined us from Hawaii. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi. So let's bring on um, Joe. Hello. Hello and welcome to the show, Joe. How are you? Great to have you join us. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for all the nice things you said already about my book. I'm doing okay. How are you? How are you guys doing? Well, I will say to you, I don't lie. Okay. okay. Abe Lincoln is one of my favorite presidents. <laughs> I never lie. <laughs> no, I always tell, I always try to tell the truth and be very honest because, you know, um, as creators, we, we do have to be able to take um, con constructive feedback from people. And I don't want people saying things about uh, anything I write and fluffing it up when it's really not the truth because you want to sell the book. So you want to have feedback that's going to be helpful, obviously, and anything, I mean, if you needed to make any corrections, which you don't. But I just really love it because it's, it, it does, there are so many people out there who are writers and actors and singers and all this other stuff. You got to have a different edge in order to stand out. And, and I think your book does. I mean, for Jetty, it's very large. Um, I think as, as, as books go, books are getting bigger for kids, but it's a nice big size. And it's like an old, uh, old, an old fairy tale storybook is the feeling that it has with it. And it does have the, the, the font of it is old English style, isn't it? Um, and, and so it's beautiful. You should hold the book up and let everybody see what it looks like. Okay. So, uh, here's the, here's my, this yeah, is, this is the book and it's, it's, uh, 
It's pretty big. It's it's photo it's landscape photograph size. That's the mm -hmm. cover. And just to give people a peek inside of the lake, the full color pictures or whatever. This yeah. is what, these are the kind of let me see if I can okay, so you can kind of see what what we're dealing with the font and everything like that. Yes, absolutely. And if my little guy was here, he would tell you who that character was because he has them all memorized. Yeah, well, that's the whole, that was the whole idea. See this book? I'm. This, there's a lot that went into this. I don't even know where to start, really. Why, why don't we? I'll let you start there. Go ahead. Why don't you start there? What was your inspiration for it? Okay, so when I was in college, before I actually officially became an English major, I was an art major. I've always been artsy, music. Uh, drawing, painting, writing. So I was—I hadn't selected my major yet, and I was—I was in a paint, my painting class, oil painting class, and I did a painting of still life of um, the the title of the book, which is "The Snitch, the Witch, and the One Who Was Rich." I, I found three little figurines. We had a really huge studio with literally thousands of knickknacks all over the place, and um, I picked the three most interesting ones that I that I liked. And when I painted it and it was all done, um, my professor came over and said, what are you going to call it? Now, I had picked a little ceramic owl, uh, an old kitchen witch that are, were popular in the 80s that moms used to hang in their kitchens, put potpourri in it and stuff. And then a little ceramic king, a royal king. And he said, what are you going to call it? And I said, the snitch, the witch, and the one who was rich. And as soon as I said that, the entire chorus of the book popped into my head instantly. Mm. Like I didn't even write that. It just popped in like a song. Okay. And uh, I don't, I want to just to, just to explain to people, the book is written in verse and it's uh, so it's like a modern day nursery rhyme. And there's three choruses in the book that are all the same. Uh, so when I say the chorus of the book, um, it, the chorus is the basically describing and, and all the characters that are that are in the book. So what I had to do at that point, I had the first painting, and I had the entire chorus of the book, but I didn't know who the rest of the characters were. I just knew their names, right? So I had to do each painting and make up the characters at home. So I did it at home over two or three years. Now I had the chorus and the characters figured out, but I didn't know who the characters were. I didn't know what they were all about. I didn't know what they were trying to do or their personalities. And I didn't, I honestly could not write anything else besides the chorus for about 25 years. Or give or take. Wow. <laughs> I think, oh, hey, hold up, Joe. So Brigetti, I think he's, of all the people we've interviewed, his book took longer than I think anybody else's. Would you agree that we've interviewed? I think so. I think so. Absolutely. That's a bit of a, a record so far. Yeah, it's arguably the worst case of writer's block in the history. <laughs> but you know, but you know what, Joe? What? You are an absolute inspiration for other people out there because mm -hmm. there's other Joes like that and they'll think, well, I'll never get published. You know, so the fact that you actually did it is a great inspiration for others never to give up on their dream of becoming a published author. So yay for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's the thing. It was the chorus of the book. It's very sing-songy, the way that the cadence and the rhythm of the book. But the chorus of the book was an earworm. It was stuck in my head, and I knew that it meant something. I, that's all I can say. For people that aren't artsy, I don't know how to explain it, but 
it just, I feel it was written. It, I feel this book was more written through me than I wrote it, which if that makes sense anyway. But so I had this song, this chorus stuck in my head, and I just I wouldn't give up on it. And I finally realized I just had to live longer to get enough life experience to tell the story that I, that I wanted. I'm being serious. I had this book is entertaining. It's very it's very philosophical to me and very truthful. And I had I had to get some perspective on the on the morals and the and the themes that I wanted to present. So I just had to live longer and mature a little bit. So the universe gave me the the chorus and the characters, but I had to mature enough to build a story around it, and it, it turned out pretty well, I think. I so tell us, it. tell us the story of getting this book published. How did you put it together? Because it doesn't just magically happen. You decided on the font. You had to get all the artwork done. Tell us a bit about that process. Okay, so after after I did the paintings and I had the characters and then I had that really long case of writer's block, some interesting things happened to me. In 2015, I got I, I worked until I was 38 years old. I was in tech sales and I you know I had a job, nine to five, things like that. Um, I ended up getting um, <clears throat> cancer. I've had cancer four times now. Wow. And, I've had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma twice and thyroid cancer twice. And I've also have now I have uh, degenerative disc disease in my spine and I have a lot of health problems, but I have this book. And as, as I started to realize, and I realized I was mature and I wanted to figure out the themes. I realized that this was, I wanted this to be a timeless classic. I wanted it to be a modern day fairy tale, but when you look at it and when you read it, it doesn't have anything that identifies it with any particular decade or century. I wanted it just to be uh, like a magical, timeless little place. So I, I, I decided that I wanted the old English font. I wanted the Celtic runes. I wanted, uh, it's not runes, excuse me, the Celtic lettering to start off each paragraph. I wanted uh, a real classical feel. And, and besides that, I'm, I'm into like medieval stories, you know, King Arthur, Nice and Round Table and, and stuff like that. So I wanted it just to represent a really timeless image that anybody could easily identify with. Now I, oh, go ahead. So I've got a question here from Dr. Eileen in um, Hawaii, and she asks, what is your best advice for someone to get through writer's block? Uh, mine was live longer. I, and I, I, <laughs> I tell people that. I tell people that all the time. Live longer. Because you're going to – I know that, but it's true. You, you're going to have experiences. Like if you have a – if you have – mine was very specific, but a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to make these two characters fall in love. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to have this character do to find the, you know, the the item. I don't know how I'm going to get. If you just step away from it and live your life for a week or two, you're going to see interactions in life between people, between you and your family, or you and your friends, or you and your job, and these things are going to start to come into focus, and you're going to be able to take those experiences and put them into your story. Amen. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's great advice. So, so I mean, you, when it, it doesn't matter if you're stuck as a writer, whatever you're stuck at in life, I you think that's great away. advice to just take a step back. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I had I had to learn to live one day at a time with all my health problems. Mm. So I think I've developed a, a very 
appreciative sense of patience. Mm. You, you need know? to write that. You need to write about that, Joe. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about my book. I'm self-published. I Now, I did try to get published traditionally, but I heard every reason they weren't going to publish my book. They were all nice. They were all legitimate nice reasons. I can handle constructive criticism. I mean, it, it wasn't like I, I felt insulted or anything, mm -hmm. but they said it was too long. They said they didn't know how to market it. They said they didn't, it was too big. They said they couldn't make any money on it. I, I heard all these things. And I realized that when you're trying to get published, the primary concern for a publisher is to make money. And then they want the book to be good. And because I was so sick and I didn't know how much time I had, and that's what the book is about is, is valuing your time, that time is the only true commodity. I decided to not wait for the peanut gallery of the world to tell me that I could be a writer and I just did it. So to answer your previous question, wow. I had storyboarded the book. And like I said, I painted all the characters, I created all the characters, but since I was going through, I had two cancer surgeries and I was going through radiation, I myself could not illustrate the book to finish it. And through a mutual friend, I, I found an, an artist that I trusted, which is very hard for one artist to trust another artist. Mm. But he, I storyboarded it, he colorized it, I gave him a little bit of artistic license because I trusted him and I had him make the PDF file. Then, and this is all over the, this is all over the course of like two years now, because we just, he lives far away, we, we, we only communicated via email. And, um, and I was going through my health problems, so it was very difficult. But once I had that, then I had to find a company that could print the book the size I wanted, the quality I wanted for something I could afford. And look, it's not cheap. I'm not going to sit here. I, I, everything I have is in it. And I went through a company and uh, they printed it up and they, they when they mailed them to me, you got to understand this book here, it weighs almost two and a half pounds <laughs> and it's very big. So 10 of them come in a box when I get them, when I got them from the printer. So each box, yeah, 20 pounds, right? And then I had, um, hundred boxes but they were on two pallets and the, so the pallets were each six feet tall so they were they were you know the the pallets were over a thousand pounds each and the ups guy was not happy when, when he uh had to unload them from the truck into my garage but anyway <laughs> no, he was he's like what are he thought they were weights so i'm like no i'm a writer he's like what did you write i said i wrote a book and i showed him you know but he he was his name was steve he was a great guy we worked on it together but um so I just did. I just made the book because I didn't know how much time I had. And I had to get it out there, and uh, I'm kind of glad it went that way. That it's a double-edged sword. You get to do whatever you want when you self-publish. You can do whatever you want, but then you have to do everything else on your own, and it, you know, getting the word out and everything. So I have the freedom in, a, in a, an absolutely unique book that, and you got to understand this too. Excuse me, I didn't realize all the things the final product would entail when I when I was designing this book. I didn't, in, in my head at the time, realize it was going to be a good coffee table book or a good book for um, a story hour or literary theater. I didn't realize it was going to be, you know, a good for people with, good for kids with um, uh, sight impairment because the font was so big. I didn't realize it was going to help kids with dyslexia because the font is so odd that it doesn't flip the letters for a lot of them. They can actually read it. I didn't know any of this. These are all the feedback that I get now after yeah. the fact. And of course I'm happy, but 
Um, it's just a book. I really wanted it to be for everyone. And when I say everyone, I don't mean every child. And I, I mean everyone. I mean, it's the kind of book that I designed for, for adults and children, whatever the relationship may be, parent, child, teachers, student, daycare worker, client, to sit there, get off the computer, get off the phone, and share some time reading a story. And now it is, it is 120 pages long. That sounds like a lot. Oh, and I said 100, I said 108. So it's 120. Yeah. But, okay. but there's, there's some good things about that. The cadence of the book is really fast. Okay. So you're not sitting there reading a complicated paragraph in prose that slows you down or makes you bored or anything like that. The right. cadence keeps you moving forward. And actually it, it, it almost becomes a tongue twister in the chorus because it, it makes you want to say it fast. It was, it, it's really a, you know, alliteration and onomatopoeia and all that, all those really great descriptive words. It's just really fun to say it, especially once you have it memorized. Mm, yes. and, um, so that gets you through the 120 pages. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that, that reasoning doesn't sit well with them. And I just say, well, you don't have to read it all at once. There's three choruses. So the book is broken up essentially into three parts. Mm -hmm. So you can read the first part one night or one day, the second part one night or the next day and the third part, Whatever the next day, so you don't have to read it all at once. You just stick a bookmark in there and go back to it, and it, it's always fun to revisit. And the other thing that I like about it uh, is that children enjoy it for very specific reasons. They like the big, colorful pictures. They like the rhymes. They like the the, the quirky characters. But I put things in there for adults to appreciate too. Mm -hmm. uh, there's sophisticated themes going on. Uh, they I, I, I allow the adults to see the era of our ways as far as humanity is concerned, things adults deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that kids wouldn't necessarily understand. Right. But then what I, what I like about it is, and what I'm hoping is once that child, you said your, your, uh, your kid is six years old. Yes. Okay. So when he's 26 and he reads the book again, he's going to enjoy it, but for a completely different set of reasons. Mm -hmm. right. and that's what I'm going for because I wanted this book to be a keepsake. I want it to be, um, something you hang on to and share with different people and generations of your family. I didn't want to make a book that was, so sometimes you buy a children's book, not that, and it's not that it's a bad story or anything, but you know, you spend $5 and the kid takes it into their room and they spill, you know, cheese and cereal on it. And the dog gets a hold of it and chews it up. I didn't want that kind of book. I wanted it to be a keepsake, uh, more of a legacy kind of thing. And I think I achieved that. I hope I achieved that. I would agree. I, didn't, I think you did. Yeah. Thanks. And it's a beautiful book. So now you mentioned something earlier, and I just want to revisit that very quickly. You were saying, you know, the, the, talking about self-publishing the book, and a lot of people decide to go the, the traditional route of, of finding a publisher. You were saying it was, you know, it's a bit harder because you self-publish, you just left to market. Here's the kicker, though, of all the people that we've, um, that we've interviewed, every single person has said, whether they were self-published or traditionally published, they still had to take a mark, put on the marketing hat. Yeah. Um, irris irrespective. Irrespective. So what is it that you've done to help your marketing campaign? Well, yeah, I, I, I want to agree with that statement. A lot of there's a lot of questions on the internet and writing blogs. What should I do? Should I self-publish or should I traditionally publish? And 
my it's answer, all hard work. It's all yeah, hard my work. answer is exactly. No matter what you do, the hustle is just as hard after you mm -hmm. have work in your hand. It doesn't yeah. matter if you had someone else do all the work for you or if you did it. You're still going to be in the same exact boat. So, I guess my answer to that is whatever you're more comfortable with in the moment. Just remember, the work's all going to be the same after you have the book in your hand. Amen. Um, yeah, my so to answer your question directly, what's my my marketing strategy? I have much more success in live events. I when I when people see my book, see it's hard to. I can hold this book up ten more times. Okay, let me put you on full screen there. There we go. Okay, I can hold this up ten more times, but it doesn't translate well over the internet. These pictures and the paper quality and the smell and the it doesn't translate well digitally. Well, Joe, you know, I, I will sorry, sorry, just hold the book up one more time. I just needed to yeah. take away the frame. So just give us another nice look at the book again. There we go. So, you know, Joe, you're a philosophical guy and you have put that into your book because there's a lot of edges, angles and, and depth to it. Definitely. And, you know, I, I mean, for me as an author, but also a live streamer and, and having this show, Brigetti and I have, I also look at books a whole lot differently now because um, I'm looking at it from both sides. So when um, you sent me the book and we looked at it and I started with my son. I was looking to see what is his reaction? How is he going to respond to this? Is it going to hold his attention? Because we know how little guys are. I mean, their attention's very short. And he actually sat through the whole thing. He made me read it to him, both his sisters and my husband. Wow. And, he's read it, and then he's read it to himself. So... I thought, okay, you know, Joe has got a really good book here. I think kids are a big test testament to whether your your book is good or not, you know, um, because well, you're partly doing it for them, and you know, I, I just, I really loved, um, I loved everything about it and the energy of it and where it comes from and how it was developed and you know, the storyline that's behind it, the lessons that are good for adults is even for children, because like you said, they're going to learn something different than we do reading it to them. But we can also interpret it for them to say, that's what this means, you know, because they're going to see it a totally different way because they don't have all the life experience that we do. Um, but I, I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, I told you that I'm going to, um, it'll be my first blog review um, and I'm hoping to do video with it to see, so you can actually watch his reaction to it, which I think is great. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. We're looking forward to that video as well. Joe, mm -hmm. tell us how can people best connect with you and where can they find a copy of your book? Okay, so the, the best way to find me is at my website, joespraga.com. Uh, J O E S P R A G A, just like just like right here. Yeah. Joe Springer. See that? JoeSpringer.com. And on my website, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you can purchase my book for $24.99 plus $5 shipping and handling. Uh, and there's also, I have my social media uh, connections or links on there as well. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, basically, all you got to do is it's at Joe Spraga for Instagram and, and uh, Twitter and just Google Joe Spraga or just click the links on my website. My book is not available in any stores right now. If you ever want to, uh, at the moment, 
obviously I'm growing and I'm trying to change, but to get my book in person, when I do a live event, I post it on my Twitter and my Facebook, and I have a lot of success there. You can come see me. And uh, the book, of course, is cheaper at live events because you're not paying for shipping. So please just check out joespraga.com. I also have a way you can, you can email me, ask me questions. I'm happy to share my experiences uh, with people and give advice the best that I can. And, um, you know, check it out. I, I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, well, you should be absolutely okay. So you're so you self-published, but you didn't self-publish through Amazon. I did have I did have an ebook version on Amazon for a while, but it didn't. I didn't. I have a. I, <laughs> I'm kind of a rebellious person. And I started. <laughs> I started think. I started thinking about. I, I, I mean, I sold a few. I didn't. I. I mean, I'm not saying I, I was. It was. It was the greatest experience, and I'm not saying it was the worst. But I don't think the digital format does my book any justice. I want my book to be um, tactile and, and experienced. And um, and I started thinking about it, too. I mean, for over 2,000 years before Amazon, we published books and we read books. And I just figured I'm going I'm, – if I'm going to make this a classical theme book, I want to do it. The old school. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it's great. And I hope that um, this interview and anything, you know, going forward is going to help spread uh, about you, the awareness about you and your book and your, well, the meaning behind it, because uh, it's very, it's very deep and it's, it's very important. So. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's, how do I do that? There they are right there, right yeah. there. All of them. <laughs> of them. So oh, we yeah. need 800. We need 800 people to buy. Yeah, 800 <laughs> limited editions. Yeah, we don't have any more money to make any more right now. <laughs> you will after you sell that 800. You will. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, GoSpringit.com. I'll answer any questions. I really appreciate you having me on today. It's you a big pleasure. Unfortunately, we're out of time. The time goes by so quickly. Joe, it was amazing getting to know you a little bit better and to hear your story. And we'd love to have you back at a future time and just hear how the sales have gone. Thank you. Anytime, just hit me up. I'll, I would love to be here. All right. Thank awesome you, Joe, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Th thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye from Cape Town in South Africa. And bye from Tennessee. Bye from Michigan. On behalf of the flight crew, thank you for flying with us and have a pleasant day.